This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Harris Faulkner. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Janice Dean. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, April 1st, 2022. I'm Eben Brown. An American warrior goes to Ukraine to help evacuate trapped Americans and stays for a lot more. It's very interesting how quickly the mission sort of manifested into let's get a couple hundred Americans out as fast as possible to now supporting uh, supporting the efforts all across the country. This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Imagine you've served your country in special forces. You have skills, talent, and experience very few others in the world have. And now you decide to help rescue fellow Americans trapped inside a war zone in a country with your home nation sympathizes, but isn't actively defending. And then you're asked by that country to help even more. My mission when I first came out here has uh, drastically increased uh, in many different ways I kind of imagined. Brett Velikovich is a retired U.S. Army Special Operator, Delta Force. He served in Afghanistan and Iraq, and he specializes in the use of drones for military reconnaissance and search and rescue. He's also a Fox News contributor, and he spoke with us from outside Ukraine's capital of Kiev. So I first came out here to help a friend who um, was supporting extractions of Americans um, to get them out of the country and get them back home in areas that they were being trapped in once the war began. And so literally like the first day I came across the border, uh, I went straight to the capital of Kiev. I had about a group of 100 Americans that were sitting there waiting for us to pick them up. We hopped into uh, Sprinter vans that we had hired from a local tour company. And then we proceeded to basically escort them through about 30, 40 different checkpoints south through Romania, and then got them across the border and, uh, and sent them back to Bucharest. So we did that run, that run a bunch of different times. And what's so interesting about Ukraine is how quickly, um, you know, some groups sort of came in here to, to help in many different ways, everything from doing the extractions to supporting with medical aid, to now our mission here has changed because the government within Ukraine has realized we've been doing such a good job. They want us to help extract orphans. And right now there's over 10,000 orphans who are unaccounted for across the country. And many of them uh, have been displaced since the war began and folks have lost track of them. And so our, they, the government has asked us basically to go and find a lot of these orphans, figure out where they are, extract them from some of these difficult areas like Mariupol and or Kharkiv or Kherson or Chernihiv or Kiev, and then bring them back to a Ukrainian government 
facility closer to the border, an area that's more safe and secure where they can sort of watch over them and take care of them. And then on top of that, um, you know, we found that we've become pretty nimble and good at uh, not only getting people out of the country, but also getting medical supplies in. So I've been, I mean, literally doing runs where I hire a truck, drive across into Poland, pick up supplies from these warehouses that have everything from medical kits to food uh, to, to just about anything you can think of um, supporting the war and then bring them back in Ukraine and then distribute them across the, the country. So it's it, it's very interesting how quickly the mission sort of manifested into let's get a couple hundred Americans out as fast as possible to now supporting uh, supporting the efforts all across the country with medical aid and, and things like that. How much luck have you had uh, with uh, rescuing orphans? I think everyone everyone's heart will kind of tinge on that a bit. Yeah. So the orphan, the orphan thing has been basically come up within the last few days. So we had to sign an agreement with the Ukrainian government because it's a big issue right now. There's human trafficking concerns going on right now. There are people that are taking advantage of this war and um, many of the refugees are women and children, right? The men are fighting. They have to fight. Uh, And so a lot of the people coming across the border are women and children that, that don't really have the help they need. And so this really major issue of human trafficking is coming up. And so that sort of falls under this whole issue with the orphans where um, they don't have the the care that they need. And so it's become a, a more of a, a recent issue that's popped up. So we're about to conduct our first mission within the next 48 hours where we've got a group of 13 children that we've been tasked with finding. Uh, we've got, uh, we just signed the agreement. So uh, we've had a hundred percent success rate with everything else before we haven't gotten hurt or any of our guys, um, hurt in the field, even though a few have taken rounds going into some of these harder to reach areas, but we're hoping to, um, continue that success rate now as we start to focus our extraction efforts on these orphans. I'd have to think that you're not just simply driving a sprinter van in and out of these places. You have your means of protecting yourself, your, your crews, uh, w- without obviously divulging secrets or, or, um, you know, things that could uh, could uh, make you vulnerable. How exactly do you do this? Because it's not like just simply driving down the interstate. Well, you know, you'd be surprised. Um, there are each location that we go to, there's a different plan, right? I mean, we're a bunch of special operations guys. So we've got ex-Navy SEALs in here. We've got ex-Green um, Beret 18 Series dudes. We've got about 25 people primarily with special operations experience and medical experience. And so we're very good at kind of figuring it out and moving fast. And um, each town has a different situation, right? Getting into Mariupol is and extracting people where what almost 90% of the buildings have been damaged and 40% completely destroyed. You've got over 200 children who have been killed. There are 5,000 civilians since the war began. The city is just getting crushed daily. Going into a location like that is drastically different than going into a location like Kiev, for instance. Kiev, we can drive sprinter vans in there with, um, you know, different equipment and kit and, and get them out fairly safely. With Mariupol, it becomes this sort of masterclass, honestly, in organizations working together. For instance, there may be, a, 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 for instance, a church group that uh, has to, uh, you know, has the ability to move through Russian lines uh, versus us going in there and um, you know shooting our way through, which we would never want to do to to you know to get our guys injured, where you know the church group can go in safely, 
Um, you know, they have relationships on both sides of the battlefield and they can get people out in small batches versus if you go into Kiev, yeah, we can go in there with a little bit more bulk and, and things like that and, and get out. And we know the checkpoints and we have authorization from the government to get around checkpoints and things like that. But each mission is planned differently. Um, and each situation is, uh, is different. You know, there's a lot of checkpoints and uh, around the country and each checkpoint is either manned by, you know, Ukrainian military, or they've got these territorial defense guys, or they, I mean, they've literally got guys that are like neighborhood watch folks with RPGs that can get a little, uh, trigger happy if you, if you do the wrong thing. So for us, it's a lot of, it's a lot of de-escalation. It's a lot of looking as um, nonviolent as possible, uh, operating within the confines of the law and letting people know that, um, you know, we're here to help the, the country, which gives us additional access to be able to, to move people out. So um, it goes back again to the fact that there's just, uh, there's no singular way of doing this. Um, and it's, it's just been so interesting to kind of take our special operation experience from years at war in Iraq and Afghanistan and apply it to this problem. So you've been listening to Brett Velikovich. He's a Fox news contributor, as well as a retired U S special operator, former Delta force in the United States army. He's now operating inside Ukraine, conducting rescues and supply missions on the Fox news rundown war on Ukraine. We'll have more with Brett straight ahead. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Brett, you're a, a former special operator from the United States, and it is, I think, uh, hands down, the United States does not uh, is second to none uh, in, in that type of warfare. Uh, how would you rate uh, Ukraine's defense uh, capabilities and, and how they have maintained those capabilities these past weeks? Um, what is your assessment as to how this is going for them? And, and what would you further advise them on if, uh, if given that opportunity? Yeah. So Zelensky, I mean, wow, this guy, he's just a hero here. You see, you watch local TV and, and you just become so impressed by him here. Here's a, here's a guy that before the war, they thought he was a joke. You know, he's a comedian, he's an actor, and he's become just this, this uh, icon of strength. And it, it, it comes down from the top, the top level and trickles down to where Ukrainians have been so strong in all this. And Zelensky has got to be in a position of strength right now. When he goes to the negotiation table with the Russians, he's got to be thinking here. He was uh, a week into the war and wondering if he was going to survive the night because all the assessments are saying the Russians would reach Kiev and surround Kiev within three days of crossing that border. And none of that happened. And I think that has to do with the will of the Ukrainian people. Right now, Russian troops are dying 10 to 1 to Ukrainian soldiers. Uh, Russia has has lost, uh, I saw the numbers today, almost 17,000 of their troops have been killed. A hundred uh, planes have been destroyed, over 500 tanks. You've got, uh, within the last 48 hours, another lieutenant general within Russia was just killed. That makes seven, by my count, Russian generals. Tactically, the Ukrainians are winning. They are winning tactically at the ground level, and that has given them just this boost in morale because people discounted them. And that's a that's a wonderful thing. I think the other thing we've also seen is 
I was talking about this the other day, you know, when I, when I went through intelligence school, they taught us to fear the Russians. They taught us that the Russians were this, what they called near peer adversaries of the U S government. And, um, they've shown not to be that at all. They've shown their hands tactically. They are not proficient. They're just are getting obliterated on the ground level from the air. They are mildly, mildly efficient. And one of the reasons for that is just because they've just got so much firepower to, to release. But at the same time, from what I've seen from, you know, the artillery strikes and what they're targeting, they, they're war criminals without a doubt. I mean, some of these people we've extracted here, they, you know, these are people just like you and I, I mean, they're there. You go home and look to your left and your right, your neighbors, like these people don't, they don't know war. And one day they're sitting in a supermarket and having, having fun and, and going out to the restaurants and the next day, those supermarkets are just gone. And so I've seen, I've seen these people, I've, I've talked to them, I've seen their videos and all these things. And it's because, um, what, for instance, one of the women that we, we got out, she was living sort of in the wood, wooded area of this area called Car, uh, Kharkiv, right? And she didn't think much of it. She said, look, you know, the Russians are going to probably come through the main city. They're going to, you know, beat up the city a bit, but they'll never come out to the outskirts in these wooded areas where all these homes are. They, they wouldn't do that. There's just not necessary. Well, then all of a sudden the artillery started raining down in, in this, in this area and her neighbor's house got destroyed and it, it goes to show how the Russians target and it's indiscriminate attacks on civilians. It's, it's a way of warfare that is meant to demoralize the populace and to, um, into basically, you know, trying to, um, give up and demoralize them. And, and it's, it's just an odd way of, of seeing it. When I come from a world that's very surgical in the way we strike, there's a lot of intelligence that goes into how we target. We're not sitting there indiscriminately blowing up schools and hospitals. And you look, you can look at all the numbers and see all of this civilian infrastructure and hospitals that have been destroyed. There is without a doubt war crimes taking place in here, evidence of this left and right. And I hope history is not nice to uh, Putin and, and the Russian soldiers that were a part of this. Have you been training them with drones? We, we've heard that the drone shipment that the U.S. promised hasn't necessarily gotten there. Is that uh, true, or or what is your take on it, this? It is highly accurate that um, the switchblade drones, um, I just confirmed through multiple sources because I wanted to make sure I got my, my story right if I was going to actually announce that. And um, these switchblade drones that are supposed to tra- change the course of the war that Biden announced a couple weeks ago that have these warheads on them, they have not arrived in the country. They... My understanding is they're getting ready to uh, head into Poland, which they'll probably wait. They'll probably stay there for weeks at a time. And, you know, eventually they'll, they'll get in. But the fact that they're not here, I think, is just out of this world to me because I have my own personal drones and people that have been donating great American donors back home that um, see the need to get the technology out to the front lines. You've got Ukrainian soldiers on the front lines using the same type of drones you can buy off Amazon. And they're using them to spot and, and do recon on their artillery strikes. And it's just so odd to me that with all the resources of the U.S. government, that uh, organizations like mine are the ones that are getting the most drones to Ukrainians on the front line. It makes zero sense to me. So I hope that the I really hope that the administration is, is somebody behind there is trying to fix that. I know there's good people in the government. I just hate to see. Um, and it's not just it's not just drones. It's medical aid as well. I hate to see the stuff stuck across the border 
because somebody's too incompetent to get it to get it across. I mean, this isn't a rocket science. I've, we are able to move stuff across legally and quickly and in ways that can get them to the front lines very quickly. And I just I, I don't have any patience to hear that the Ukrainians are not getting the support they were promised. And the, I think the U.S. administration owes an explanation to the Defense Department here on why this aid isn't in their hands yet. And so um, I really hope I really hope that somebody's trying to fix that behind the scenes. Brett Velikovich, former U.S. special operator now in Ukraine. Thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.